0: Views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group.
1: When it comes to your investments and retirement, in this economy, it's important to be smart. And with the Smart Investor Hour heard right here on AM 1420 The Answer, you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen, and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour. Tim
2: Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Good morning, everybody. Well, the, uh, the Houston-like weather is past us and it's quite pleasant out there today. So uh, uh, for, for once, we can get out. It wasn't raining. It was hot. So here we go. Let's start off with some positive thinking, though. Be willing to launch in faith with no guarantees of success. This is the mark of personal greatness. I think that's Brian Tracy. I can't remember. Strength does not come from physical capacity, it comes from an indomitable will, and he knows, Mahatma Gandhi. There we go. Uh, all right. So, uh, anyway, you know, um, a lot of stuff happened in a holiday week, which I think is kind of interesting. But uh, we always talk, uh, first off, you know, just let us know where you can get a hold of us if you need us. And that's at our webpage. And uh, you can also call us, by the way, and we'll talk about that in a second. But our webpage, if you just Google or Bing Tim Hayes Radio... I show up. And you can always tell it's me because it says, remember, buy low, sell high. <laughs> it's that simple. Um, anyway, there's a lot of good stuff on that on that uh, uh, web page. And I think the one, probably the most important, is the data breach, how to protect yourself. You know, we just found out, uh, you know, so uh, we had a guy scan the dark web for us uh, at our house. And we just found out that, you know, we've had over 5,000 hits on our computer, trying to get into it, trying to get into it now since January one. <laughs> That's a lot. So you better understand that. But plus, you know, there's the market week and investors Edge. Those are two great newsletters and our, our, our barely daily technical analysis. I highly recommend that. And I think you should read the article on interest rates too, because, uh, you know, it's my opinion that, uh, interest rates can stay lower for longer. And I'll talk about that in a minute, but, we do have a couple fact sheets that I would highly recommend. Uh, these are uh, about Medicare. So if you're going to, uh, you know, if you're getting close, you, you should read about this uh, first. And we have several of them. Uh, number one is uh, government health care fundamentals, Medicare basics, Medicare key numbers, uh, Medicare enrollment considerations. And I highly re- recommend that, too. And then finally, uh, a, a Woman's Guide to Health Care. Uh, so you can get those all by just sending, you know, the um, email me or contact me uh, on our thing. And energy's back, too. So uh, some of these energy stocks are starting to really uh, go. The, this Cosmos Energy, I mean, we recommended the thing at uh, like 6 bucks, and now it's 10 That's a heck of a return. So that group is uh, looking pretty good. The small caps, again, are... are Really doing well, and some of the, some of the names on this list are really, really doing well. Our all cap uh, portfolio has done extremely well. I mean, it's just been hot. Let's just put it that way. Uh, and then finally, um, our equity uh, top picks list has uh, done quite well. We, we and I mentioned last week we have a new newsletter for July. Uh, some financial facts that may surprise you, and going public. How do you put out an IPO, and protect your heirs by naming a trust. Uh, which is important, I think uh we have two new portfolios. well, we have two new pieces I think are pretty good. number one, the imagined uh two thousand twenty five portfolio so this is let 's say you just put your money into these stocks and you know and just came back to them in two thousand twenty five what they look like now i don 't agree with a hundred percent of these, but I do think that it 's a really good place to start from. Also, we have our investor survey revolts uh results. Uh, from our healthcare care equity team, and it's what the people are thinking. And I think there's only one more week left of this, but Pacific, I mean, uh, one of our insurance companies uh, has a 5% def, uh, insurance contract, uh, and I would just say that, you know, you want to stick around for five years, okay? Um, all right, so let's get started here. So a couple things. Number one, the IRS says 89% of the households filed electronically so far this year. That's you know, including seventy two million depending on tax professionals and fifty four million doing it for themselves. Despite the recent signs that overall R and D activity is on the rise again, research released by Biotechnology Innovation Organization indicates that approximately ninety percent of all the drugs entering a phase one clinical trial will fail to gain market approval, this this failure rate is trending higher. So if you're wondering why drugs cost so much, it's because uh, they can't get through the FDA for the most part. Uh, And even if they do, the FDA puts uh, some really tough standards on them. So, uh, you know, look, for every drug that goes to the FDA once, one out of 187 get passed. That's a big number. Okay, so if you're wondering why drugs are expensive, that's why. According to the Federal Reserve Bank of New York, the top 10% of American households own 80% of the stock, 84% of the stock market wealth in this country. Oh, it is also the lowest uh, um, amount or it's the lowest level of stock participation by households in America. So if you're wondering why the top 10% are getting wealthier, it's because they're in the stock market. And look, I'm going, to, I'm going to say this because I've, I keep hearing this. There's all these prognosticators that are telling you that the world's going to end. They're probably selling insurance contracts. <laughs> I'm, I'm guaranteeing they're selling insurance contracts. They're trying to frighten you into doing something wrong. Well, you want to get frightened? Back in 1962, there were 19 nuclear warheads in Cuba. Guess what the Dow was? It was below 100. It's now 23,000, well, 24,010 or 24,100, okay? You know how much money you would have made during that period of time? And you know, those prognosticators would have said, get out of the market. Now, look, we did say that the money market would outperform the stock market back in 2008. We were right. We did say, look, we had a seminar in 2000. We said, hey, you should sell all your biotechs, all your... Your technology stocks, all your drug companies, all your healthcare companies, and when people asked me what I was buying, I said gold and oil, and they looked at me like I was <laughs> dazed and confused. And sometimes I am, but who knows? You know, I uh, just a couple public service announcements. There's a operation called Tassaint, and it's it's uh, there's a guy named Russell uh, Bronson, and he is what is known as ClickFunnels team. And uh, Tim Ballard is the Operation Underground Railroad is what uh, this is all about. And uh, these guys go into the darkest places on Earth and save children from sex slavery. And it it, it was a it was a great documentary by uh, uh, Russell Brunson. And I think they raised a million dollars uh, over a period of time. So you might want to go to YouTube and, and uh, listen to this. I think that's one of the biggest crimes in America. Um, you know, th- there was this. Scottish economist uh, Alexander uh, Teitler, and I got this from like five different people, so I thought I'd say it. A democracy is always temporary in nature. It simply cannot exist as a permanent form of government. A democracy will continue to exist up until the time the voters discover they can vote themselves generous gifts, gifts uh, from the public treasury. From that moment on, the majority always votes for the candidates who promise the most benefits for the public, from the public tre- treasury. With the result that almost every democracy will finally collapse due to loose fiscal policy, which is always not 5 percent, not 10 percent, but always followed by a dictatorship. So. For those of you who continue to say, hey, you know, why can't we pay this and pay this? There we go. Just so there's a sequence here. Bondage to moral certitude, moral certitude to great courage, great courage to liberty, liberty to abundance, abundance to selfishness. Selfishness to complacency, complacency to apathy, apathy to dependency, dependency to bondage. I think Mr. Tyler had it right. So uh, that's that's enough said. Uh, Just me getting on my high horse here. Okay, so um, a couple things here. Um, You know, we we talk about the process and we talked about the you know, back in 1985, there was a magazine cover trade wars and it was all about Reagan's uh, holds. He held fast against barriers. Uh, It was a great time to buy. (laughs) Even in two years, you had a crash. And even then, you know, you still would have made nine, ten times your money into 2000. So March of 2018, we had the threat to world trade and the economists. So we'll see if that continues. But look, there's a couple things I'm seeing. And I'll just mention this. Number one, Mexico. The Mexican stocks have perked up big time and uh It's, you know, they had got killed when Mr. Trump and back in in February just came up, you know, talked about getting rid of uh, NAFTA. And uh, now they seem to be popping back up. And some people said, uh, you know, they they asked me, said, Tim, what could go wrong with this economy? It's a Goldilocks economy. Look, the Federal Reserve is doing two things at once. Number one, they're raising interest rates. Number two, they've got a balance sheet that was $4.6 billion. It's now $4 billion. So that's what they call quantitative easing. So when you're taking away quantitative easing and you're raising interest rates at the same time, I don't think they've ever done this before. Matter of fact, I'm absolutely sure they haven't because I'm a student of history. I read all about this stuff all the time. So what could go wrong? <laughs> Look. Since the Federal Reserve was started uh, by J.P. Morgan and, and President Roosevelt back in, uh, I think it was uh, 1907, uh, most of the business cycles ended by the Federal Reserve screwing up. I mean, the crash, uh, you know, was a part of it and et cetera. So there we go. Now, uh, under the, you know, I try to keep this show in the up and up. And, and uh, look, I said at the beginning of the year uh, that I thought commodities would do really well. And um they did really well. They went up 20%. And now with this trade barrier thing, they've given it all back. They're now up zero. So when you're wrong, you're wrong, I guess. I was wrong to begin with. And I think if they take the uh, the barriers off, we'll be up and running again. So there we go. Now, a couple things that I noticed uh, is that the second quarter was a positive quarter as the S&P 500 was up about 3.9%. It's given a lot of that back uh, in the last week. Uh, but the leaders were small cap and growth-oriented ETFs. Actually, the Russell Microcap ETF, the IWC, was the best performer in the quarter, up 9.9 percent. The Nasdaq 100 uh, was up 7 percent. So, um, some interesting stuff going on there. And Bitcoin is now down 70 percent from its December high. Uh, that's a big hit, man. You know. So I hope the people that called me on it and, and asked me questions on it last year are out of it. Uh, we did. I did see a couple things occur this week that I thought I'd mention. Um, number one, the ten-week uh, positive trend went into a column of O's. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's it's down a lot. So there we go. And the New York High Low Index, which was up at seventy-eight, is now at forty-five. So it got hammered pretty hard. Uh, so we're seeing if some things occur that uh, are kind of, you know, interesting. And um, I think you want to be. A, a lot more careful sometimes when you when you know don't get carried away on the upside we'll just leave it that all right look we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back stay tuned this is smart investor show
3: are you dreaming of something greater a college degree job skills a rewarding career as a member of the ohio army national guard those dreams can become a reality The Ohio National Guard scholarship program could pay 100% of your college tuition. As a proud member of the Ohio Army National Guard, you're eligible for the scholarship program as soon as you enlist. And you'll become a part of an elite group of men and women who've sworn to serve and protect their community, state and nation. Start fulfilling your dreams today with an education that will help you land the career you've always wanted. Learn more about earning your degree debt-free and the many benefits that come with serving in the Ohio Army National Guard. Visit nationalguard.com today. Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard, aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station.
4: At RBC Wealth Management, we are proud of our reputation for putting clients' interests first. Our steadfast commitment to helping clients achieve their financial goals includes giving back to the communities we serve. Through supporting youth education, human services, and the arts, we hope to make tomorrow better for everyone. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC.
2: are back. If you just tuned in, this is the Smart Investor Show. And listen, if you if you heard part of the, the first part and you want to hear the whole thing, you know, on Mondays, uh, right around noon, I believe, they add this show to their podcast. So if you go to WHK 1420 AM, uh, I don't think you have to put the answer on there. but uh, And just go to local podcasts and go down to Tim Hayes and there it is, right? So, you know, as, as I say on the show weekly, if you can't sleep you know and you need to <laughs> you need to uh take a snooze uh you know just turn me on for about half an hour and i'll put you to bed no time at all all right so um i had several people in my office this uh, last or actually i saw two people and then i had some people into my office this week and um most of them are concerned about replacing their paycheck and they're they're talking about insurance contracts and and CDs And, and, you know, look, there are going to be people out there that make you fearful of the stock market. And, yeah, there's, believe me, there's some times where it scares me, too. But, you know, it's temporary. It's one of the greatest sources of wealth in America. It and real estate are the two biggest. Bonds never made anybody wealthy. They made people, you know, stop from getting wealthy. uh, But they also preserve capital, which is good. Uh, however, I think interest rates are going to be low for a longer period of time, which is fuel for the stock market to go a lot higher. And we've been through some bad times. So everybody's going to pull back from those times. And by the way, you know, we said both times where we thought there was a major market correction, we basically said, Hey, be careful. And we were careful. All right. Uh, So we'll just say that. But if you want to replace your dividend, your, your paycheck, do it with dividend growth stocks and dividend stocks. You know, if you need money, like right away, the prime income list is a perfect place to go. Um, and the dividend growth portfolio is even better. The prime income list, by the way, does have dividend growth of about 3.5%, which is better than inflation. The dividend growth portfolio has it somewhere between 6 and 9%. So it's two, three times inflation. So most of these companies are the best companies on the planet and you you can't grow your you can't fake a dividend, okay? You just can't. So I just suggest that the dividend growth portfolio is a great way to make money over a long period of time. And I I was looking at uh, uh, some of the names on the on the list, and they're just they're really phenomenal, quite quite frankly. And I will just leave it at that. Now, uh, you know, we've had this. If you hadn't noticed, <laughs> Mr. Trump is on this on this. Uh, Thing about tariffs, and we're having kind of a trade war here. And one of the groups that get been hit the hardest, which would have the biggest benefit, are the industrials. Uh, The industrial macro scenario is beginning to, you know, it could fire on all cylinders here if we get these, uh, you know, these tariffs out because they've already been grappling with price-cost challenges, and, uh, you know, look, Commodities are down 75%. If you're making, you know, if oil is down from 115, 120, and it's at 70, your costs are down 50% if you're making styrofoam or anything that uses oil. If you're, if copper is down, which it is, down almost 65% from its high, and you're using copper to make something, you're making more money. It's that simple. So, look, the, The impact of this trade thing is probably going to be a problem for a while. But I think that you should start to sharpen your pencil and take a look at some of these names, okay? Because there's some really interesting uh, names out there that could be big, big winners. And we're also still seeing the international stocks weaken technically. So, uh, you know, I, I mentioned that, you know, we're there, but we're also very, very oversold. So if we get a bounce, that might be a place you know, that you want to be watching because we, you know, Mexico started to bounce and maybe we get some more. Uh, And oils on our oil, as far as oil strategy, RBC is still structurally bullish. Uh, We're increasing our oil price forecast. Now, look, I think there's some risk here in that uh, if the Saudis don't bring Aramco public, the the price may drop. All right. So that's the big thing. Are they going to do this? But, uh, and, uh, you know, look, we have lots of oil. We've got tons of oil. Trust me, the Permian Basin is huge, and and Bakken, and the Eastern Fields, uh, Utica, they're all huge. So, um, but you know, look, Venezuela is crisis stricken. Uh, you know, we got a boycott of Iranian oil, uh, so you know we've got some things happening here that that could be bullish for these things in in the short term. They've also been beating up the the, um, the home builders and some of the building products, and and we have a new analyst, uh, Michael Dahl. Uh, and he has a pretty much positive overall view of of building products companies and distributors so you know there we go so i had uh some millennials in my office and 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 you know we we were talking and and a nice uh couple anyway you know i i think if you look uh if you're listening and you're a millennial you should probably listen up at this point because there, there's some debate about the exact definition of the age here, but uh, generally it includes the people that are born between 1980 and 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 2000. That means the oldest millennials are about in their late 30s. Now, millennials will account for about 20% of the U.S. population, making them the largest generation in the country's history. And millennials value brands that enhance their lives and are more likely to make purchases that support a cause, even if it means buying a, paying a premium, okay? So on average, uh Millennials tend to marry, have children, move out on their own, and make large purchases such as cars, houses, etc. later in life. And, but look, here's some statistics. Forty-two percent of the uh, millennials invest too conservatively, uh, according to several of the brokerage houses. The solution is education. You've got to start listening to shows like this and, and, and be smart. But look, if I looked at things, the average salary for a millennial is 32000 Uh, their average pay hike is 2%. And and what they do is if you contributed 5% of your income to a 401k and you average an annual return of 7%, and by the way, the average return on the stock market is 10.6 over a 90-year period, and your target retirement age is 65, and you start at at 23, you're going to have $1.2 million. If you start at 32, you're going to have $600,000. So, it's much better to start early is what I'm suggesting to all you folks out there. Uh, and if you think things are too risky, I disagree with that hundred percent. Remember what I said earlier in the show in 1962, we had 19 nuclear warheads in Cuba. The, the Dow Jones was below a thousand. It was below a hundred. Okay. So you have 24,000 times your money at this point. <laughs> uh, there we go. So, uh, and by the way, if you need help, uh, if you're a millennial and need help, like, you know, with uh, which mutual funds to buy within your, sh- your, your uh, 401k, give me a call. We'll try to help you as best we possibly can. Now, I am starting to see some things that are really kind of interesting. The, the bullish percent for all U.S. equity funds turned into a column of O's. It was above 70. It's now below 60, so that we might run the gamut there. But the non-USA bullish percent are all the way down to 12. Remember, 30 is the promised land. So this might be a pretty good time to start looking at some of these emerging markets. Uh, and you know, the problem is you better know which ETFs you're buying here, okay? So I'm going to emphasize this again. If you don't know what's in your ETF, you don't know what's the, the you know, you, sh- you should. Let's just put it that way. So look, all small caps are looking really, really good right now, but were really oversold in the emerging markets. And I would suggest that Latin America has really got trounced. And uh, so if you look at some of the non-U.S. issues, and it's related to the dollar, but, uh, you know, we'll see if that happens ac- accordingly. But uh, the other thing I would suggest, and which I saw this week, is the banks have made kind of a triangle pattern. And so if they break out through the north, and I think they're going to, uh, this could be an exciting time to buy the banks as it was right after the election, which I didn't have many banks after the election. I had to buy them. I bought them that summer, uh, but I didn't, I didn't have, you know, I didn't overload them is what I should say. Um, so I was looking at some of the uh, stuff that Tom Lee at Funstrat had said this week. And, uh, you know, Tom Lee was the head of uh, uh, Morgan Stanley's. Uh, he was the head strategist there. So, this is interesting because in the last two weeks, $800 billion in market cap was lost. Uh, a loss implies $40 billion EPS impact, earnings per share impact. If you assume a 20 PE, and as several economists have pointed out, and Goldman Sachs too, uh, the actual implemented tariffs have exceeded proposed tariffs by a large margin. So the increased tariffs implemented for China are estimated to amount to about 5 billion this is essentially invisible to the US economy by the way and is equivalent to 70% a 07 percent move in in the price of oil but investors have moved into the safety trade in the past 2 weeks they've moved to the staples <laughs> which we talked about for a month before this and unfortunately i think you know they they've moved i don't think they're going to stay that way but they move pretty uh pretty quickly into those now I'm starting to see some movement. You know, uh, I'm going to talk about this in the next uh, two segments from now, but I'm starting to see some movement to other places. But on a positive note, and en- energy stocks have continued to outperform. Now, remember, we said stay away from the the service groups, okay, um, just by the energy and, and the uh, exploration and production people. So just that's where I'd stay. The, the, there's something that really uh, – Interests me is the American Association of Individual Investors sentiment plunged to minus twelve. That's bulls less bears. You know, percentage bulls less bears is a contrary buy signal. All right, so let me say it again: we are now negative negative twelve percent in the last two weeks with the bulls minus the bears. So this is a buy signal in most cases. And now, what could go wrong? Look, the markets are somewhat uh, fragile. Where late cycle fears are growing, and and particularly given the, the flattening yield curve, so. Um, but we have turned to the safety trade, and, and the consumer uh, discretionary, or i.e. retail, have got hit the most. But if you look, trade tensions, they wiped out $800 billion in market cap in a very, very quick move. So um, I, I looked at some of the quant models out there. If you don't know what that is, you should. Uh, and I I saw a lot of new ideas, and, and a lot of them were in technology and also uh consumer cyclicals that have backed off, and uh, some some of the oils. Um, now, the oil service group, is, you know, is not the one we're going to play. We're looking at energy, uh, uh, exploration, production-type companies, okay? And we still have technology still looking great, and uh, but the staple sector has really rebounded nicely. And don't forget that our 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 new uh, equity strategist, Lori uh Calphacina, has... Added small caps uh, as an overweight. Hey, we'll be right back. This is the Smart Investor Show. Uh, we're going to talk about the bullish percent. Stay
0: tuned.
4: Roof with the best or leak like the rest. With Right Now Construction, it's about trust. Getting a beautiful roof, siding, and gutters with excellent craftsmanship and design using quality materials. The experienced Right Now Construction team will transform the exterior of your home, taking pride in every phase of your home project.
0: Here's the owner, Tom Cucinata. Right Now Construction is a roofing, siding, gutter, and restoration company serving homeowners. If you've had recent storm damage or noticed mold on your shingles, missing shingles, or shingles that are curling, call me, Tom directly at 440-821-4201 and i'll schedule your free roof inspection right now construction will work directly with your insurance company to get your home covered for your full roof replacement if your project is over ten thousand dollars your gutters are free call me today 440-821-4201 and financing is also
4: available get 200 off your roofing project when you mention that you heard this on whk 1420 Roof with the best or leak like the rest. Right now, construction.net. When it comes to managing your retirement, it's easy to get lost. Look to RBC Wealth Management to guide you. Our experienced, knowledgeable financial advisors will build your investment strategy by designing a plan that's tailored to your unique financial needs. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Visit RBC Wealth hey, hey,
0: we oh,
2: we like oh, Welcome back. Uh, if you just tuned in, this is the Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. And we're going to talk about our, uh, the bullish percent right now and, and some of our technical stuff that we get from our friends at Dorsey Wright, by the way, in Virginia. Uh, they do a great job, a phenomenal job. Matter of fact, the NASDAQ bought them uh, a while back. And uh, I, I think that uh, the NASDAQ's been adding some capabilities, which things will get real interesting, I think. Um, well, first of all, uh, this was something that was designed way back in the 30s by uh, some guys that wanted to be bullish at the bottom and bearish at the top. So they put together, you know, back then charting was X's and O's. And, uh, you know, what what would you do is you'd get a, a pattern going, and when something broke out to the upside on that pattern, you'd, buy, you'd double your position. When it broke to the downside, you sell your position and maybe go short. So, But the X's and O's, this goes from 0 to 100, and simply that uh, when you're column of X's, you have an offensive team on the field. When you have a column of O's, a defensive f- team on the field. Now, just because you're going to a column of O's, doesn't mean you have to sell all your stocks, okay? Uh, There's other factors involved, meaning, you know, which asset class is is top of this field. Right now, it's domestic equities. So column of O's would probably be more of a, you know, which ones are are lagging? uh, What do I want to buy? Do I need some cash, you know, to buy that stock uh, when it comes down? That type of thing. Uh, Also, we have two other points here. When we get over 70, that's when the market's red hot, and when you get a move from below 70 to above and then reversal back down. Usually it's going to be a a pretty hard correction. And um, then when a column of, I mean, we get below 30, it's the green zone. And usually that's a sign when when you get below there, we're pretty much oversold. And when you wait for the turnaround, I would suggest sometimes it's the second, you know, usually when you get below 30, pretty big, there's a bounce. And then uh, the second time down is when you want to buy, but you know, it's not always the case. So, but anyway, right now we, we basically did nothing this week. <laughs> We're at uh at forty, uh I mean fifty five point two percent. We're up point six percent. Uh we wouldn't reverse down to fifty-two, so that's good. The uh the over-the-counter index was at down a half a point. Uh it was fifty uh 0.5. Uh it would reverse down to forty-six. The world indexes are are now at thirty six they were down two percent again this week so if it gets below 30 that would be a real positive remember we we're just talking about how oversold that group was you know uh is, like i said there's a couple of things that went into uh column of O's. that was the positive percent uh 10 week uh, or percent positive for 10 weeks and so we're, that's in a column of votes. so we're seeing some distribution occurring a little bit and the high low index you know which is uh was about, it was seventy eight and, and now is in the forties, uh, so those two things were the two big changes. Uh, the the um, the ten the the percent positive ten week is a very short term indicator, uh, as as is the high low index. So, uh, I think what you want to do is be remembering that you know it's a short term indicator. So if you're getting beat up a little bit, um, you know that happens sometimes. You know, look, bull markets don't go straight up. Uh, they they want to have the most people fear them. When they start to go straight up and everybody gets in, you should be getting out. Uh, you know, in two thousand, we made a call on this show that said basically, "Hey, it's time to go." We, I remember we our first seminar. We told everybody to get out of technology, biotechnology, healthcare, and I thought they're going to string me up by my toes from the yard arm. <laughs> and they asked me what I was buying. I said Phelps Dodge. Phelps Dodge eventually got taken over. Uh, I was buying. Northern oil and gas. People thought it was nuts. Glamis Gold, Gold Corp. Uh, You know, so look, the world is bearish right now. Only 28% of the households own stocks. However, the most wealthy own a lot of them. I wonder how they got wealthy. What do you think? So, Fear is driving you out of the stock market, which, as far as I'm concerned, it makes my job much more easier. So I, I don't have to worry about the end of the time, okay? And I think we probably got another 10, 12 years of this, of just a uh, glorious bull market. Now, we have had negative momentum in the Dow, uh, the, the small cap a, and uh, mid-cap indexes, as well as the QQQ and, and the uh, two S&P indexes, the market capitalization index and the equal weight index, for a couple of weeks now. So uh, we're probably going to see that for a while. The, the international uh, or the frontier markets, we should say, it's been more like 14, 15 weeks. So, like I said, you know, there'll, there'll be a bounce, uh, whether you're, you know, it's a bounce or the start of something we don't know yet. But I think what you want to be doing, uh, if, you know, you're in them now, uh, you're you're probably down. I mean, China's down like 24 percent now. So it does seem like Mr. Mr. Trump is winning the game here on the tariffs. And I don't think uh, they can afford to have the market go down much further. It's 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 that bad. So. Uh, you know, it. If you're still there or you're in emerging markets and you're getting killed, uh, don't sell at the bottom here. OK, uh, you know, wait for a bounce before you hit the road. And uh, listen to the show more. <laughs> All right. So the sectors uh We have 14 sectors that are positive, and uh, we only talk about the favored sectors here because if you buy the best stock in a favored sector, you're definitely going to win the game. If you buy the best stock in an unfavored sector, you probably won't do as well. So write these sectors down. Uh, The restaurant group is at 70, so you might want to wait on these stocks. But waste management, leisure, and banking are at 65. So you can still make some money there. There's one leisure stock that looks really, really good out there. I'm not telling you what it is. You've got to be one of my clients. Uh, retail and healthcare are at 60. Uh, those are pretty good entry points. Software and oil at 55. Oil service, which you know, I haven't seen too many charts that I like in this group, just so you know. That's that's why I'm hemming on there. The internet, machinery, uh, business products, and semiconductors are at fifty. That's a good place to go hunting. And then Biotechnology is at 45, and Biotechnology just reversed up into a column of X's this week. So uh, it's in bull alert status. If it goes to bull confirmed, I would be very, very positive on it at that point. Um, we did have some charts move higher, and that was gas utilities, the Internet, leisure, real estate, restaurants, and retailing. So uh, those are some groups that we like. Uh, restaurants is, are still very, very favored, and so I think there's a there's a big move into those. And the automobile group went to average, and it, I think this is—it's uh, getting interesting. If the tariffs go away, see what happens. I would still say, um, if I was looking at the uh, non-U.S. assets, the international growth stocks are doing better than you know normal stocks, and international small cap are doing better. Uh, Japan's doing best, and Russia's not far behind. China's getting whopped, and I. You know, I mean, it's down. I think it's oversold by about 60, 70 percent. So, you know, you still got to watch there. Like I said, don't sell these now. OK, don't get negative now. You should have been negative beforehand when we, you know, we we stopped talking about the ADR list two months ago. All right. So fixed income. Uh, we're still seeing, you know, I think you want a combination of convertible bonds. That All they are is bonds that can convert into common stock. Uh, preferred. Uh, stocks, inflation protected, and senior loans. Now you got to be careful with senior loans uh, because they're not l- real liquid. <laughs> There's not as many out there as everybody will make you uh, believe. But if I was betting, I'd I, I've got four different uh, ETFs and a and a couple funds that would do that, you know, pretty well. If you want uh, help with that, let me know. As far as commodities, uh, crude oil has been negative for about six weeks now, even though it popped a little bit and it gave it back. Uh, gold's been negative for 10 weeks, and most of the commodity index has been negative for three or four weeks. I think the one that really worries me a little bit is copper. You know, copper was up big for the for the year, and then it gave it all back. Uh, matter of fact, the base metals have given it all back uh, th- and more. So that has been the one area of the commodity indexes that we have we have seen go down, Uh, more than we anticipated and it's mostly due to trade so uh you know for those of you who are are worried uh i think it's more or less a scenario where um you know you you have to uh be paying attention uh to to this type of stuff and by the way the stocks i'm in i bought the stocks not the actual commodities and the stocks i'm in are holding up pretty well so there we go you know i uh something happened to my My uh, relative strength buy signals this week, so uh, they got all messed up. So I have last week, so I'll just go over those again. American Software has a big dividend, by the way. Angiodynamics, which is medical products. Uh, Cirrus, another biotechnology company. Libby, a little small cap uh, company. Luminex, another biotechnology company. Contego, remember there was a big insider buy of that last week. Uh, He was 10% owner, and he bought some. Murphy Oil. Uh, Caladruis Biosciences, Prime Water uh, Corporation, Exerium Technologies, Carol's Restaurant, Criteo, which is in media, uh, Ultra Genetics Pharmaceuticals, National Storage Affiliates, AREIT, by the way, and Zenerba Pharmaceuticals, another, you know, a lot of biotechs there. A couple things I'm seeing, uh, just to be careful, the applied materials uh, and some of the semiconductor equipment group has been... Uh, they, they ship a lot to China, so that's where you're seeing. And also mobile television, uh, tele-systems from Russia got whacked pretty hard. And Cheetah Mobile, which was a uh, leader there for a while, got whacked. A um, couple other things I'm seeing, and if you look at, uh, you know, we made the call back in February about small caps. And small caps now have uh, just been trouncing <laughs> the large cap brethren now by about three percentage points. The micro caps are actually... Uh, you know, knocking them down by about four percentage points. So, it's just just an observation. Usually, small cap uh, scenarios continue to to last for a while. Okay. Now, emerging markets are down. They're they're almost 150 percent oversold. So, like I said, if you're in them, uh, you might want to be careful. Now, we talked about buying yield, and I'm going to talk about the, uh, another yield scenario. Uh, in the latter half of the, you know, the last part of the show. But REITs, real estate investment trusts, just turned up. Uh, and they're above three on the Dorsey-Wright system. That's a very big positive. So what you're seeing is now people are using the higher yields to buy into them. We said that would happen. And now people were talking about yields going, you know, 4 or 5%. I don't know. I, I looked at some of the charts that uh, Bob Dickey, our head technical strategist uh, put out and it still looks like we're in a downtrend as far as interest rates are concerned so we have not broken you know out of that downtrend yet and i would also suggest when when, when you go to the lowest interest rate in history everything's not perfect okay and the fact that we're probably going to have interest rates that are lower for longer so stay tuned we'll be right back with the uh insiders and a little bit of what i'm thinking have a great day have a great uh, break here goodbye <laughs>
0: in love with mr rogers again entertainment weekly raves it's the movie we need right now Fred's theology was love your neighbor and love yourself it was a communication right into their hearts mr rogers faith has inspired us all thank you for whatever you do to bring joy and faith to our world today won't you be my neighbor rated pg-13 may be inappropriate for children under 13 now in theaters everywhere When you've been in this business as long as we have, you learn there's nothing sweeter than a scoop and a smile. And since 1969, we've been serving the flavors and faces that make us who we are. The cherry on top, the new Accord. It's built with a focus on our future to help navigate all of life's rocky roads. The 2018 Accord. Summer Sundays are better with a Honda.
4: Stop by your local area Honda dealer today for great deals on the all-new 2018 Accord, the 2018 North America Car of the Year, or visit northernohiohondadealers.com.
2: Okay, we're back. If you just tuned in, the Smart Investor Show, it's Saturday morning. So I screwed up there in the, the last uh, part of the show, but it's just a, I hope you had a great break. <laughs> anyway, like I said, uh, with the REITs turning up, um, you know that's the prime income list. Okay, and we've been talking about this for three, four, or five weeks now. The dividend growth portfolio is still a pretty good place to go. You know, a lot of these um, uh, staple companies have been hammered pretty hard, and I think you know you get a four. 3.5, 4% dividend that grows at 6, 7% a year. Uh, what's wrong with that? <laughs> That's, you know, look, I, these things also have betas that are below, you know, one is the beta for the market. These are 0.75, 0.8, you know, so they're not high betas. So there's not, they're not rock and roll stocks. What's wrong with that? I got a whole list if you want them. Uh, so just Google Tim Hayes radio. By the way, if you want to have a cup of coffee, I've had a lot of people uh, come in and, and uh, or I've I've actually met them, And had a cup of coffee and just talk about their portfolio and what our thinking is. And, um, you know, I think most people are getting my message, so uh, we'll leave it at that. But if you want to talk, you know, give me a call, 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. Okay, let's talk about insiders now. And uh, I noticed last week there was a big move in uh, a company I own quite a bit of. Uh, I'm in a much lower price, so... I'm not going to, you know, I'm not recommending the stock here, but it's a company called Blackstone. And the reason is, is that one of their competitors, was talking about going to uh, a C-Corp. And uh, with that, you know, the amount of money they can save and, and uh, distribute becomes higher. Uh has a great dividend, but uh, uh, Thomason Hill, who's the, the vice chairman, bought 232,000 shares. Uh, that's $7.89 million dollars. Uh, the principal accountant bought 12,000 shares, uh, which is, you know, about 421,000. And then uh, the uh, an, another director bought 30,968, which is $1.5 million. So uh, somebody likes Blackstone, and we'll leave it at that. And our friend Carl Igon, who last week bought uh, uh, $2.7 million worth of Energen Corporation, by the way, they're in basic materials and, and they're they're an oil and gas exploration company. This week he made five purchases to the tune of twelve uh, hundred twenty-six million dollars, which ain't chump change. But they called him a potential group member, and I'm not exactly sure if that's an insider or not, but uh we'll leave it at that. And then New Star Energy LP, uh, which uh Bill Grehey is a major investor across a lot of different uh areas. Bought $9.9 million. This is his fourth purchase um, uh, since March. And uh, we're right at the downtrend line. So it'll be interesting to see if we break through that. And then uh, there's a company called Advance and Missin Solutions, which is an industrial goods, etc. cetera. This is basically really close to a new high. And there's a group called Alta. And they're 10% owners. And they made two purchases, $304,000 and $220,000. 2000. And, uh, you know, when you're 10 percent owner and you're getting close to a new high and they are buying more, uh, those are things that you should uh, be watching very, very closely. And then um, M.M.A. Capital Management. This is uh, mortgage investments, i.e. REIT, uh, that one of the directors bought four point two five million. You may recall just three weeks ago when it got it, it got creamed after, you know, breaking out. The first, the first month of 2008, this was 24 bucks. It went right to 30 and then it came back down to $25.5. And, a half. and uh, we had a couple guys buy uh, in the $10 million worth. So this is a second purchase at that same price. So right after they bought it, it went up to 28 and then it's pulled back. So it be interesting to see how uh, you know, we go from here. So, so what else am I seeing? Well, utilities. Um, utilities stocks appear to be resuming their longer-term t- uh, bullish trend. Um, uh, you know, so if indeed, uh, interest rates are going so much higher, why is that? Because, uh, believe me, the, the, the markets tend to be smarter than just one individual. And I keep hearing more people telling us that, uh, that interest rates are going up and up and up, but look, this is a weird tightening cycle. This is different than any tightening cycle we've ever had because we're raising interest rates and we're also giving back quantitative, quantitative easing. Remember, the Fed's balance sheet went to $4.6 trillion. It's now down to $4 trillion. All right? And they're trying to get it back to where it was before, which was under a trillion. <laughs> That's a long way to go. That's a long way to go. So there's no more such thing as, as quantitative easing. So I think interest rates are going to stay longer for lower. All right? And and the utilities might be a good way to, to play it. So, look, call me at 888-223. Seven seven four two get the dividend growth portfolio of the prime income list the prime income list is filled with utilities and REITs on the on look I've, a lot of people have been asking me what about the tech sector it's getting hammered and um it's really kind of an important support so i I, I mean if it broke here it could actually go to you know seventeen you know it, it's at eighteen hundred uh, and twenty uh, and eighteen hundred and fifty I'm sorry uh It could actually go to uh, 1780 and still be, uh, you know, a positive scenario. But you really want to see the the tech sector start to hold here. They've been beating it up, especially the semiconductors and the semiconductor equipment group. And uh, that would be due to, you know, the fact that the uh, the tariffs are really hitting into their business. Okay? They do a lot of business with China, and China's hitting back. Um, Look, we're about the halfway point to 2018, and the Dow and the S&P are within 2% of the levels... Uh, where they started the year um, it 's kind of an ongoing trading range, and what we did was we got to the top end of the you know this we have this uptrend that dates back two thousand and nine and we got to the top end of the trend and now we 're going to go sideways for a while uh, now look the last couple of years last couple of times this happened we had some big corrections. The difference was i think is that what we had was the end of a bond bull market because There was so much taxation and there was so much regulation in the Obama administration that uh, we couldn't get the economy going. It it just wasn't going to happen. Now, the tariffs aren't exactly helping things, but there is tax relief. There is less regulation. I mean, I I heard that Obama added like 840,000 pages of regulation through presidential order. and And I heard that Mr. Trump has already wiped out like 520. So... We have less regulation. The taxes are a little bit lower. We're bringing back money from overseas, left and right. So this might not be, uh, you might not have the 10, 15% corrections that we had during, like, you know, from uh, fourteen to 2016. You know, we had two 12% corrections. Well, you know, the Ebola scare was a 12% correction. Uh, we had the, you know, the, the, every time they raised interest rates, we had a correction. Uh, we had the, you know, the correction for uh, uh, Britain leaving the union, and, you know, that was 5 6%. So we're not seeing that yet. Uh, what we are is in this trading range. So the top end of the trading range is around 25500 uh, 25, and the bottom end is 23500 So probably we'll put, stay in that range for a while. And um, I think, you know, like I said, if the bank index holds here and turns back up, and it's pretty oversold at this point, uh, that would be a real big positive for us uh in my humble opinion. Um, the consumer goods group had turned up and then came back down a little bit this week so I'm gonna watch that the the uh, the large cap index uh, is have been dipping a little bit harder than the smaller names and but we've been talking about the small cap index and if we looked at dynamic asset level investing, small cap growth large cap growth co- follows it mid cap growth follows that dead last is large cap value and large cap blend and small cap value so will this reverse we don't know yet uh, we haven't seen any um, any evidence of that seen a little bit on the the small cap area but not to the point where we're ready to make that call but it's something to think about and and I think what you want to be uh, considering at this point is Um, you know, how long will the small cap growth scenario last? Look, as long as there's tariffs, people are going to be looking at small caps. The other thing, I probably saw 12 deals this week, little companies being bought by bigger companies because they want the technology. When you bring the money back from from Asia and Europe, like Mr. Trump is allowing them to at a very good uh, price, you're going to see a lot of these companies get bought. And I think it's going to be... uh, a melee there's <laughs> good they're gonna be buying left and right uh also you know b- both the the bullish percent for the mid cap and the small caps uh did turn up together so uh i think we're gonna see some real interesting things and consumer staple stocks continue to lead the way so that's p- mean people are, are getting worried that something's going to happen Um uh, don't know if that's the case the oil and g- gas group Came right up to resistance and stopped. So we want to see that follow through. And the emerging markets are still getting beat up a little bit. So um, I don't think they're a sell now. I think you already got hit in them. You know, if I were you, I'd be waiting for the next bounce. And then you can make a decision. Uh, the CRE, uh, CRB index, I mentioned, you know, could possibly be breaking out. It it came right back into the breakout. So it's probably not going anywhere for a while. So uh, the advanced decline line hits a new high. It's Very rare that the market collapses uh, when the advanced decline lines at a new high. So, you know, I think what you want to do is just be a little bit uh, more careful, but uh, nothing to worry about yet. All right. So um, what would I do now? Uh, First of all, I'd be looking at our dividend growth portfolio and our prime income list. Uh, These are dynamite scenarios right now, okay? because they got some really great dynamite yields in them. And uh, like I said, I think interest rates going to be lower for longer. Also, we have the new um, Imagine Two Thousand Twenty Five portfolio. Uh, it's got industrials, technologies, financials, healthcare, telecom, and media, consumer, and energy stocks in there. So, uh, it's a great portfolio. If you'd like to get it, you know, you Google Tim Hayes Radio, and I show up. You hit contact me, email me, that type of thing. Also, we have uh, our investor survey for the healthcare area, which I highly recommend. Uh, it, it's a great, you know, scenario. Our top ideas, small cap, large cap, those are good places to be. And don't forget, um, uh, we have these fact sheets for Medicare. Okay. So, you know, government healthcare fundamentals we talked about in this, we, we have Medicare basic facts, Medicare planning for income related stuff, the key, the, the key fact sheet and, and then enrollment, uh, considerations that you should know about. And a woman's guide to healthcare, uh, I think people don't take a, you know, uh, enough time to really sit down and read these things. They're very informative. Uh, if you have any questions, you can always call me. But in the meantime, they're available to you uh, at my website. And it's that is just Google Tim Hayes or Bing Tim Hayes Radio. I show up. If you want to have a cup of coffee, it's 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. We can discuss your portfolio. In the meantime, it's going to be a great weekend. Have have a wonderful weekend. This is the Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. Don't forget to buy low and sell high. Thanks for
1: listening to the Smart Investor Hour. To reach Tim during the week, call him toll-free, 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. Or visit his website, rbcwmfa.com slash hayes. That's all one word in the address bar, rbcwfma.com. Dot com slash Tim Hayes. Please join us again next Saturday for the Smart Investor Hour to hear more
0: smart... Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn...